Welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. Here are your hosts, Scott Bear and Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome to the show. My name is Scott. And I'm Jeremiah. And we are back. Uh, thank everyone for, for listening, Jer. Here's the thing is like, do you... Jer, um, why do you thank people for listening? <laughs> how, how about the, uh, the fact Jer, that we, we say, we say uh, we're back every time as if people listening didn't know that clearly we're back if we... I guess I never really put a whole lot of thought into our opening. It just feels like, like a, nice, and we're a back. nice thing to do. I mean, it, it makes sense like if we were ever gone. Are we're ever never, gonna, ever gone. Are you ever going to thank the listeners for listening? No. Fuck oh, okay. them. So should we move on How, about, how about this? How about I say this? Fuck you, listeners. Go fuck yourself. And thank you for listening to the Lost at Home podcast for uh, upwards of 182 episodes. Or if you're one of the lucky two people, me and Scott, who have heard episode zero, maybe 183. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, thank you for listening. I, I like that we are also starting the top of the show with a with an interview coming up, and this is uh, this is the intro we're giving this spectacular person. He's going to hear a bunch of swears. No, we're we're gonna we're gonna give a much better intro to that as we give the actual intro instead. Oh, are of, we cutting and starting over? No, no, we're doing this. This is the intro to the show. This is the intro. To this the is show. the intro to the show, not the intro to the interview. Uh, we're going to oh, give Fabio I see the difference. Fabio a much better intro than this. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Welcome. Welcome. I, I feel. I feel like I'm only. I, say I, I feel it's the only safe way because I'm the one that threw it off the rails. You were trying to be like polite and everything, and I'm just like fuck it. Okay. So. Well, uh, do we have any housekeeping we want to get out of the way before we jump into this? Uh, it depends we- on if you maybe. Uh, no, I think I think let's do a little housekeeping at the end. Keep people th- right into the interview, just in okay. case. Uh, you know, uh, I, why why wait? You, you know? know. Speaking of the interview, uh, Jared, do you want to give a little rundown of who we're talking to this week and why? Absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk to legendary film composer Fabio Fritzi. Fabio is best known for scoring a number of Lucio Fulci's horror movies like Zombie Two. The Beyond and City of the Living Dead. He also has work featured on the Kill Bill Volume 1 soundtrack. But today we're specifically speaking with Fabio to promote a pair of upcoming shows in New York City at the Music Hall of Williamsburg on October 29th and 30th in Brooklyn. Um, The first night, Fabio is going to be performing an exclusive live scoring of The Beyond with his eight-piece band, um, following with the actual movie playing in the background. And uh, the following night, uh, Fabio and his band will play the latest rendition of his uh, Fritzi to Fulci show, in which he and his ensemble perform live suites from Fulci favorites such as Zombie, The Beyond, City of the Living Dead, as mentioned before, um, uh, The Psychic, uh, slash uh, Seven Black Notes, and uh, some others. Backed by imagery from the films there as well. Uh, there's also going to be an event-exclusive limited edition 45, which all looks really awesome based on the mock-up we've, we've seen in the press release, featuring Fritzy's iconic themes from Zombie 2 and The Beyond. And that's only going to be available to purchase at the shows in New York City. So uh, with all that, it's our pleasure to welcome Fabio to the show. All right. Welcome to the show, Fabio. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, one of the things you're going to be talking about today primarily is uh, we already went through uh, a list of what you are known for, and hopefully a lot of our listeners already know that. So we're actually going to talk specifically about your, uh, you've got your on tour, you're working on some um, some music uh, live right now, and we're actually going to be promoting uh, specifically a New York show you have coming up right before the Halloween holiday. Um, so you're here to promote that per- live performance, um, and the, the shows are the, an extension of a broader tour around the U.S. Uh, can you give us a little rundown of how this live project came together, especially the live scoring aspect? Uh, let's say that, uh, you, you know, with the, with the Facebook and everything else, uh, uh, since uh, 12, maybe 15 years, uh, I realized that uh, the, the work I, I did with uh, many directors uh, here in Italy in the 70s, the 80s, were uh, growing, or maybe it was the first time I could realize that we had so many friends around in the world. Because, uh, you know, in the beginning, I could receive some letters, but letters were a few. After uh, the social, um, everybody could uh, tell everything. So um, I realized that uh, that um, that old job, that old work that we did together could be something to tell around. And uh, maybe 10 years ago, I thought to, to, to give to Lucio Fulci, this uh, director, um something like a tribute you know just to 
to tell to tell uh, people how we had to work together and maybe to to play those th themes uh, that were that uh, were born so uh, so so a long time ago and uh after some years uh, I, I i realized i could do this i built up uh, a great band here in in italy in rome in particular and uh, we started with uh, something which is called Fritzi to Fulci, a dedication from me to him. And, uh, and we started more or less four years, four and a half years ago. And we understood that the, the, the project was uh, something that could have a story. Uh, we, we, we went around and uh, after three years, let's see, uh, almost three years of work, uh, some of my musicians told me, why don't we do some uh, some live score? And uh, and I told them, because uh, there is not so, ma so much music uh, in some of those uh, movies. And uh, one of my musicians told me, but you are the maestro, so you can change uh, situations. <laughs> so I, I decided the last year to, to try to work on uh, the beyond and uh, realize some a, a really new proposal of uh, uh, taking the old uh, score and uh, writing something more to be a, 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 a something like a, a, sh a real show. So there is the movie. And uh, both of those projects are luckily in, uh, I'm very happy you can Im imagine. Uh, we will bring after two uh, other years uh, this year in the, in the East Coast and in New York in particular. And uh, were any of the folks that you're uh, put together for your band, were you involved in working with them before on any of the projects or in the studio? Or are these all new folks that kind of came to you or that you went to for specifically this project? Now, let's say that I had to go back and, uh, and read again everything I have done because you can imagine that after more than 30 years, the situation was uh, quite different. I mean, uh, I I always uh, wrote uh, for move for for cinema for television and so, and it was quite uh, weird to go back to those uh, themes, and uh, I had the surprise that uh, uh, this uh, all, all this young Fabio was uh, something that I I loved to 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 go back and read and uh, rewrite, and. Uh, so this was born like a live project uh, and, and i can tell you that after the the first year we we did a, a double lp from a, a london concert but i can tell you also that uh, me and my musician we would like once uh, to 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 put down a, a recording a, a studio recording of this because uh it's a great experience and now it's really a long time we are playing on this uh, i'm speaking about uh, fritzi to fulci the, mm -hmm. the, the the but also the movie you know the the the, the beyond um i had uh, the the person who helped me to do this was uh, bob muraski from grindhouse because he had the 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 lines without music the the, the dialogue of the original um, of the original soundtrack of the Beyond, so I could uh, uh, work on this, and uh, I, we are planning to to record the, the new score in studio as well with the orchestra. Oh, very great, and actually, I I do want to uh, touch on the Beyond specifically. You're according to the press release, you're going to be playing that one on the first night, the uh, an ex extended composer's cut to the Beyond. What can yeah. audiences uh, expect that differs from the original film and score? Uh, let's say that the, the the film it's absolutely the, the original. We I was telling you that uh, Bob uh, Bob which who is the the he's got the the royalties for for the United States. So he had um, produced uh, um, a Blu-ray a few years ago. So he he had all the material I needed. And uh, when you go to 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 theater to see these uh, composers cut. The movie is uh, absolutely the, the original one uh, with the uh, uh, dialogue and everything. It's uh, the, the cut is uh, the original. What what uh, I did was to um, work on on the original score and uh, 
in a way, re rewrite exactly as it was, and uh, write a, a new theme, which is uh, more or less a link uh, among the other themes. And uh, and something more, you know, when uh, a com uh, when a director ends his his job on a movie, uh, there is the, the mix down of the total uh, soundtrack, and uh, very often they can uh, put some music more or keep off some music. So uh, uh, from the original project, from me and Lucio, um, some uh, songs were were keep kept off. And I and I did the, the operation or reput the original music that we had decided. So let's say that uh, um, people who, who goes to the theater can see more or less the original musical project of the Beyond and something more uh, that was uh, born in the last year, uh, just to to feel and to give a musical project uh, a musical show. Uh, more interesting, I think. Um, now, how does the process of playing a score live compare to recording like a score in a studio? Do you prefer doing one over the other, live or studio? Well, yeah, consider that when you go uh, live, you must have everything planned. You know, you have uh, everything, like an orchestra. I mean, uh, you can have some something uh, free. Uh, for for example, a, a guitar solo. Can, can change from uh, tonight and tomorrow, obviously. But uh, the, the, let's say that the, um, the La Griglia, the, the, the lines must be always the same. We are guided uh, by a metronome in our ear. So uh, uh, the, the, the process of composing and creating and recording a, a score is uh, always very, it's, it's more, more, you have more fun, more creativity. Because uh, sometimes you start uh, with an idea, and uh, this morning you, you, you have uh, you, you do a rhythmic with uh, with the band, uh, and then maybe tomorrow you you change something, you put something inside, uh, and and maybe the original idea is totally changed. So uh, live, the creativity is just the interpretation. Uh, in the in studio, you are doing uh, your job, your real job. Now, are you going to continue this project, or are you going to start some other similar live projects after this tour is over? Uh, let's say that uh, um, last year, when we started to 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 present this uh, uh, this um, Beyond the Composer's Cut, I can tell you, I, I I did not know what what could happen because uh, my friends uh, Goblin often does. Uh, uh, Profondo Rosso or Suspiria or or else, but uh, those are I think the original soundtracks and not nothing more. I mean, and uh, the, the, I realized after the, the first months that there is a great interest in this. Uh, uh, nowadays, maybe it's not it's not only my uh, proposal. I've, I've seen that every everywhere there are so many musicians that are proposing with orchestra with bands uh, the live score. So. Um, me and my, my my guys, my band, my manager are projecting to do another uh, movie, always from Lucio, because then they are very popular last year. We are trying to understand which one we're choosing among two, um, and I and maybe maybe New York we will tell something also about this. Excellent, and uh, and it's it's funny you mentioned uh, this is a little bit of a side track here, but you mentioned uh, Goblin a little bit. I don't know if you were aware they're actually going to be around uh, right near you in yeah. our in our state right before or right around the time you were playing in New York as well. And uh, we were pretty excited yeah. to, that there's you know both these you know these amazing <laughs> horror scores yeah. uh, right around our area that we don't usually get around here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I've seen them uh, yeah, recently because you know I'm friend with them. They they used to play also some of them in my in my scores uh, in that time, and we met in uh, Stockholm recently because I had uh, something uh, from me that was uh, played from a, a big uh, um, uh, symphonic orchestra, but they would. We, uh, they had to play after the concert, so we we, we were together after so long time, and uh, I can tell everybody that the, the Goblin, I mean the Goblin Pignatelli, 
Marangolo and um, Maurizio Guarini the, the, without uh, Claudio Simonetti because they, they have broken uh, <laughs> their, their, their friendship. But uh, I can tell you that it's a great concert uh, and I was uh, really without words. Great band, right? Yeah, yeah. They've and, and you and and them especially. Um, I've I've always been in love with uh, since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, the Italian yeah. horror movies and uh, zombie. It's actually Zombie Two in the United States uh, was one yeah. of my favorites uh, coming up. And so I, I you know, took uh -huh. it. I, I watched as much of the Lucio stuff as I could, and as much of the Dario Argento stuff, of course, with Goblin as I could. Um, yeah. And uh, and actually moving on to, uh, I'm gonna like get into a little bit more of some general questions here and talking about the films uh, specifically um when a film is being produced how involved in it are you actually when it is being pr produced does a director um or editor just hand you a finished copy or do you get to see dailies or early cuts to kind of start your writing process uh let's say that every every time it's can be different i mean uh, uh with the Talking about Lucio, you know, with him I, I did, I think, uh, 12 movies, so it's maybe one of the longest stories I had in, in my job, but every time it's something different. The, let's say that um, I, I, I like it and I love to read the script before, because uh, I think that you, the, the musician and the music must be one of the uh, actors of the movie, so you must enter, you must, you must, you must, uh, Feel uh, in the end of, in the end of reading, you must feel something into you, something quite psychologically. You must uh, be uh, then obviously if uh, they're, they're talking with the, the director or and the producer, it's very important because you have to give to give a line. It's not only to, to the, the, the it's not only the fact to, to create a, a good theme. The, the the most important thing is that your ideas get along with the, the what they want to tell no it, so it, obviously it's a uh, very interesting to go on set also because uh, you, you go through the the story you, you meet people who will be the the the, the characters and so and uh, it can be uh, a moment of um, of rest but, but for example uh, j just to tell something about a movie we were talking about the, the beyond uh, Emily is the the blind girl, you know, and uh, Lucio invited me to go on set, and and I was with them, and there was a piano, you know, out, out of tune, the old piano, dang, dang, dang. Mm -hmm. and he told me, <laughs> he told me, Fabio, I need a theme that uh, that, that is uh, the story of this uh, this house with a piano, with a, an out of tune piano. So I went home. I had the idea because I was with them. And the, the, the theme of uh, uh, I believe was born. Da, 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 da. This one was born just after I was with them on set. Well, that's really interesting. You have to play with a out of tune piano. Did was there? Uh, did you have to like translate that to anybody else to try to get them to also play out of tune, or did you just <laughs> was it just yourself? No, no. You know, that, I mean, out of tune in the in sense that yeah, like. Uh, a country western piano, you know. Yeah, uh, with just a little bit. A little, too. little sour. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yes, absolutely, like yeah. this. And uh, obviously, the piano which was uh, on on set uh, was uh, something put there not not to play. It was uh, uh, something just uh, just just a scenography. Yeah, yeah, piano. it's a prop, pretty uh, but, much. But but the idea is that. But the idea of Lucio was uh, <laughs> listen to this bad sound. I want something <laughs> like this. Yeah. Now, since we're talking about the creative process and you've been performing and composing over several generations of technological changes in the recording industry, uh, how does yeah. recording and composing today differ from when you started out? Well, say that, that uh, today, uh, um, many things have changed. First of all, about, uh, concerning the recording. Um, uh, I, I do a master, a master class about this, uh, um, because uh, uh, just to, to make to make young people understand that we started really with the poor but fascinating uh, situations, uh, and I, I start with a, with a Beatles song, which was done uh, a few years before I began I began my my job, and uh, they had for before of all two tracks, then four tracks. Nowadays, you know, we can work with the 
thousand of tags <laughs> if you need. And uh, so th this is uh, this is something very. And, but I think uh, that maybe the the, the power and, the, and and the quality of that sound was uh, given from this. You know, the, the the technology has given us a lot. But uh, I think that maybe the digital has. Um, has taken something for, from the quality. Digital is clear, is, mm -hmm. is, uh, is pure, but it's um, not um, bloody, <laughs> I could say. <laughs> <no>? <laughs> if, if, if you listen to some old synthesizer and you, damn, damn, you have got a kick in your, in your, in your, uh, in your belly. Uh, nowadays you can smooth everything, it's very different. Le uh, um, there is another thing very important that the, the soundtracks has changed uh, smoothly day after day as concept. Nowadays, uh, we have many people, many, many, many composers who, who play um, more or less sound design kind of uh, soundtracks, which, which is uh, so beautiful because uh, they give uh, more or less an atmosphere. But obviously, I, I'm Italian, and I prefer to have every uh, every time a little melody, a little harmony, mm -hmm. something that can lead you in, a, in 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 some direction. I listen to everything, but uh, I think that maybe uh, the composers who, who, who today are still uh, doing something uh, very musical, um, I love the best. I absolutely agree with that, and uh, I mean it's not that again there aren't certain situations where the yeah. the the ominous ambi you know ambient kind of sounds and just that sound design of like a I saw somebody took a sound of a refrigerator whirring and slowed it down and put it through a vocoder or something like that that made a crazy mm. horror sound. It's not that that isn't this artistic thing, but there's something different when you go back to these, especially you know the '70s and '80s, and you hear these like beautiful yeah. horror scores. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, and uh, as far as uh, in and actually talking about the technologies, as you were uh, mentioning earlier, um, have you uh, embraced the technologies as they arrive, or do you still prefer to do the things like the same way you started out? And if you if you have embraced them, um, what technologies now are you integrating into your musical workflow? Uh, consider that in Italy, uh, we, we are talking about. Um, a cinema that was a poor cinema, under every every side. I mean, every sides. I mean, uh, um, Lucio Fulci was a good director, has great ideas. There was a, um, uh, a, a, a craftsman. I mean, uh, but uh, the budget were not so high. Also, in, in the, the situation of music, we started uh, um, when the technology arrived. Arrived some publishers. Uh, Told us uh, you can use uh, the keyboards so you you don't spend the money for orchestra. Mm -hmm. this, this was one of the points. Then uh, personally, I always loved uh, to use both. But we were uh, we, we are tell, telling today uh, something always about uh, uh, the beyond uh, this uh, this movie. In the beyond, there is everything. There is a band. There is a, the, the, there are keyboards. Uh, there is orchestra. I think that. Uh, um, you know, like like a painter can use many things to do his uh, his, his image. Also, uh, a composer can use uh, many things, but every one of them must be one piece of his idea. Uh, I um, I love also great composers who who always choose to use orchestra, which according to me is the best thing you you you, you can have people who play i mean because the the the, the, the synthesizer the sequencers yeah they can give me they can, can give you many things but uh, i think that um, if you have a, a bass player who's playing very well can give you m m much more uh, join together can be the the, the the perfect thing i um, i was in love i was in love then with the, the the new technology, I mean, uh, uh, Moog uh, and uh, many other things, uh, Me Melotron. Maybe you know mm -hmm. it was the yeah. the first kind of simulation because the, there was a, a tape, uh, no, many tapes were running, and uh, and people know that uh, 
was for me, I was crazy for Mellotron and for the voices of Dead and oh, oh, those things. Uh, I think that uh, it, it has been a great revolution, but I think that uh, the, the, what uh, Johann Sebastian Bach gave us, uh, um, we, we cannot lose, absolutely. We must uh, have both. Yeah, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly with the, uh, I mean, the sound, the, the, I do have to say, though, the it's when you are stuck in those situations where you have a limited budget, sometimes things, beautiful things yeah. can come out of it because there have been some amazing scores. And I think of like you and, uh, and I mean, Go- I mean, Goblin obviously plays with a, you know, full band with, um, you know, synthesizers and everything there as well. And John Carpenter, where sometimes yeah. the, the necessity of a low budget yeah. actually produces a brand new sound that kind of yeah. now people are trying to emulate even in when I think of, you know, popular uh, American shows like Stranger Things or some of our movies, where now people are trying to emulate that uh, that synth yeah. sound and things like that. Do you find yourself um, uh, like using uh, any of the new uh, software synth or anything? I mean, you probably have a whole arsenal of synths <laughs> anyway, so I'm guessing you you can you can go back to those analog ones. But do you find yourself at all leaning toward any of the digital stuff? I can tell you that I use everything. I am a, a young man of 66 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I have many, many co- cooperators, many musicians who work with me. But, uh, for example, I just uh, just ended a, a, a thing I, I loved so much with the Cadabra record. The Cadabra is a, a label who does... Uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know how, how to how to tell in English, but uh, it's uh, uh, um, like radio drama. Mm-hmm. Means uh, one person who read a story and just music under. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a proposal that I loved so much. It it is going out in a couple of days, in a few days, um, and it is the um, a story by Lovecraft uh, called maybe you know uh, the picture in the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, di- I, I didn't have a, a great budget, you know. It's there are situations quite uh, uh, quite easy, and I was by myself in my studio with a lot of of software, everything, you know, you know, and and something some old instrument, and and in the end I called my my sound engineer just to end the the, the, the job, and I, and I am very I, I will I hope you will listen to this. And uh, this uh, can tell us what you were telling just one moment ago. Um, everything, if you have an idea, you can follow this using everything you got, uh, more, either uh, extremely modern, uh, extremely old, but you, you have to, get, to have an idea and follow, and follow it, this. All right, um, we're gonna move on uh, to more last question of our general questions here. Um, well, your portfolio covers many genres. You seem best known for your horror scores. Um, do you prefer scoring horror over other genres, or do you have a favorite other genre you lean towards? Uh, you know, um, I, I, I am considered around uh, uh, a good uh, composer of horror movies. Yeah, horror movies uh, has got something more for, for us, as composers, because uh, um, you know, a comedy, you must just take a, a, a good idea, a good uh, something that uh, enters in your ear and uh, remains uh, the, the 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 main title, uh, uh, which comes again. The horror, you must uh, follow uh, each image, each idea of, of the director, each scene till the end. Uh, maybe maybe the the fact that I I always loved quite a lot to, to write for her is because uh, I always tried to put my um, my my sentiments my in in that music because I think that uh, yeah sometimes you, you have to, to give a kick but sometimes you you you, you can um, you, you can follow the fear and uh, and give um, the, 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 the sensation that you could have in that situation, uh, with the, some uh, some melody, some uh, um, some of you of yourself, this is uh, more important in in, in movies like this, uh, where you, maybe you can take the hand of the of the audience and bring them with you. 
And did you uh, find, did you were you actually drawn to horror movies originally? Was that something you were trying to get into when you started? Um, were you really into you know the the sound of horror movies, or did that just happen and you kind of became a horror director? I mean, a, a composer out of that. Yeah, no, it, it happened because uh, you know in in Italy that was one moment in which we had. Um, um, in Western movies, uh, we had uh, mm-hmm. a lot of comedy, you know, Italian comedy, and so, and so uh, we, I started with uh, with a drama, and then so, then one day Lucio, and then I, I knew Lucio for for other other general movies. He, he told me I have to do zombie zombie two, mm-hmm. the, the zombie flash eaters, and I told him. Mm, this is my first time. It, I was uh, 29. It was, uh, it was not uh, not so easy to enter. But after this, uh, it, it was uh, I, I was linked to to him and to many other people like uh, Lamberto Bava, like Sergio Martino. So it it became uh, 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 some some everyday job for me. Wow, that's um. I mean, the the fact that uh, you kind of started out on zombie. Zombie Two uh, for us uh, is pretty impressive because that's actually one of my favorite, absolute favorite uh, horror themes, horror soundtracks. I absolutely love, especially the the main theme, the primary theme in that is is amazing. So, um, thank you. And uh, I, I actually want to move on. Uh, the, the, I want to get into some kind of like random little uh, fun questions. These are just these are kind of like uh, self serving questions for myself. Things I was just purely curious about, and I hope the listeners are as curious about these. So these are a little off track, but I just want to uh, ask you a few of these here. Um, one of them was uh, if you could rescore an existing film that you didn't score originally, which film would you like to score? <laughs> a good question. I think that many times. Uh, when a composer enters a, uh, a cinema and says, mm, maybe I could do something better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is, this is just a joke. Now, uh, there is a story quite, quite, quite weird. You know that um, I, I, I did many, many movies with Lucio Fulci. And there is one movie that many, many fr- fans ask me, but why did, did you did not... Uh, do this and this is uh, the house by the cemetery mm-hmm. because uh, it was the third uh, uh, movie of the uh, of the trilogia the trilogy yes. they, they called it uh, the trilogy of the seven doors and um, and it was done by Walter Rizzati which is also a, a good friend and the situation was like this because one of uh, the the publisher I worked I used to work with uh, was also a lot of uh, um, a good friend with Lucio, and uh, I was uh, working a lot in that moment. There, there, there was there were many many movies around, so Lucio called me and, t- and told me uh, I have uh, this problem. A friend asked me to to use Walter Rizzati, and I told him, Oh, Lucio, if you have to do it, just do it. <laughs> but I can tell you that after a lot of years, many so many years. Um, and you know what, what I thought that maybe one day in concert uh, I will do uh, my, uh, the, the the Beyond, uh, City of the Living Dead, and also Walter Rizzati music. So I will oh. do everything together. <laughs> that would be great. I would love to see that. That would be actually a, a great yeah, little. Uh, I will. Uh, I will tell you when I will do. So you can join me. That would be so great. Actually, that would I would love to see that uh, and hear it, of course. Now, uh, this is kind of a follow-up to that question, but uh, in your opinion, uh, can a good score fix a bad movie, um, kind of like in the way a bad score could ruin a good movie? Uh, <laughs> this is it's a very clever <laughs> question. <laughs> now, it's also it's quite difficult to, to answer to, but uh, I, I, I think that uh, it happened to me. I, I, I will never tell you what, uh, where, uh, <laughs> and with whom <laughs> I, I received recently, but uh, I, I cannot really t- tell. Um, th- there was a, a friend who asked me, please, Fabio, can you write me that? And the, and, and the movie was horrible. <laughs> really, something <laughs> you couldn't see. But uh, <laughs> it was so, so, ah, you are, you are a, a, a mitis for me. Like, okay, okay, we, we try to do. 
So I, I, I wrote and I and, and I tried to fix, <laughs> but it was really hard to, hard to do because uh, I think maybe the, the second part of, of the of the question can a bad score ruin a good movie? Uh, I think that the the first is absolutely impossible. You cannot fix a bad movie. Maybe you can you can also ruin a good movie with a. <laughs> <laughs> but it, we, we we should uh, we should be together with a beer and and tell about uh, that movie this one this the other one because I think that some sometimes it can, can happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I, I I definitely know it's I because I don't necessarily think it could fix a bad movie, but I know it can make a bad movie finishable because I've definitely seen movies before where I'm like this movie is horrible. But the score and the atmosphere, you know, the, the soundtrack, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to watch it for 90 minutes. I might not otherwise, but I will finish the movie. I won't go out of it thinking that movie's good. I'll go out thinking that score was good, that movie was horrible. That, so That's actually exactly yeah. <laughs> how I felt about that modern horror movie, uh, Into the Void. Okay. Um, I did not like the film, but the music was so good that it compelled me to actually keep watching. Great. Yeah, yeah. But there is an example of of a Lucho movie, which is not a great movie, which is Manhattan Baby. Okay. I don't know if you if you ever seen this. Uh, it, it's a, it's a movie without a great story. It's a, but I love the music I wrote so much, and I do it in concert. And every time it's it's a, a, an ambience uh, um, between Manhattan and the Egypt, the, the ancient Egypt. And and, uh, and and there are many many fans that would say, but luckily you have written this also if the movie is not a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I'd actually I, I, that's one of the ones I've had a hard time finding because I've not seen Manhattan Baby. I've seen a lot of the other ones, uh, a okay. lot of Lucio stuff uh, as well. So I might have to watch mm -hmm. that just based on that sort of recommendation that you just gave. Um, and <laughs> um, do you, uh, uh, go, moving on to some, uh, you know, still staying with the music side of all of this, of course. Um, and this is just a nerdy question I have as a, a lover of the sound of synthesizers. And uh, I don't own any amazing synthesizers myself, the hardware ones, because they're not uh, not exactly that cheap. So I have a lot of the software ones. But do you have a favorite synthesizer? Uh, or synthesizers? As, as I, I, yeah, yeah. As I was well, telling you before. My love was Mellotron, mm -hmm. which is not a real synthesizer, but uh, but something like yeah, it. sort of like but, a sampler, uh, yeah, yeah, a sampler. Uh, but, but it was it was great because you know uh, without uh, no without a budget you couldn't have uh, strings uh, or voices, but you could uh, <laughs> you could rent uh, a Mellotron and do it by yourself. Now, but uh, telling about the synthesizer, I am uh, uh, I had the great. Uh, a keyboard player like Maurizio Guarini and like many others. Uh, I am. Uh, I, I basically. I, I was born like a guitar, a guitar player. So I have plenty of Gibson and everything else. Like like synthesizer. I, I was. Uh, I was uh, crazy for Roland, because uh, you know uh, as a sound. So Jupiter Eight. Uh, I used a lot in, in my in my things. Uh, I had and I still have. Uh, TR808, oh. a, a drum machine, uh, which is incredible. Until now, it's really incredible. Yeah, those those and are then, those are uh, very desirable, especially with the uh, kind of the rise of hip hop in the, especially in the late '80s yeah, and early '90s. Yeah. The 808s are all over everything and and made a resurgence in the last decade or so, especially. Yeah, <laughs> now you know you know one thing. It's incredible that uh, I, I I found this TR eight oh eight in my old studio. It was with, it was so dirty, you know. I cleaned, I attached, and I started <laughs> <laughs> absolutely like if I, I had used it yesterday. It's incredible. They, they're, you can, then uh, I can tell you that I I never had a mini mug, mm. but I bought it. Uh, Two months ago, in a in a um, in a shop here in Rome, they they know me very well, obviously, and they told me, Fabio, you have to see this. It's a uh, pretty new, uh, 70, 72, I think it's it's the original one, and uh, they told I told I asked him how much, and they said, no, maestro, you can you give us uh, what you want when you want. Okay, oh, wow. so it's mine. <laughs> so I have got a minimum, a personal minimum. 
That's gr- that's amazing that you've got one of the early mini moogs there. Um, do you actually, other than the 808, do you have any of the uh, like of your original synthesizers? You mentioned like the Juno. Uh, any? Do you, did you hang on to those? Yeah, yeah, no, but uh, the, I, I I think that the instrument you you cannot throw away. Something uh, I, I have just the one one old guitar that I had to give, to give to a friend, a great uh, country gentleman, and. Uh, um, Every time I think of this, I, I cry because mm-hmm. uh, instrument you, you you should ever you should never sell or give away uh, an instrument. And no, but um, I I got five or, or or six things from then. Uh, for example, a Yamaha uh, DX7. It's Ooh. not a great stuff, but. Uh, I love it. Yeah, that's actually, it's funny you mentioned that. My, uh, uh, the first band I ever played in in high school, <laughs> that's what my uh, my buddy had. And back then in the early 90s, it was considered uh-huh. like cheesy to have it. But luckily he held on to it and it's, he's got to get it repaired a little bit. But now it's actually like a desirable instrument nowadays because it's got that retro sound. But I remember when we were playing with him, we were, we were always like, get a new keyboard, man. That sounds too 80s. That sounds too cheesy. You don't want a DX7 on this. And now it's like, oh, get that DX7. X7 fix so we can play with it. It's great. So it's, it's great that you don't throw that away. Imagine that last year I was in London. And my, I have a daughter who lives there, and uh, and there was a friend of her, uh, a girl who, was, who plays drums, uh, and so I, she she lives in the same house, and so uh, we were uh, doing breakfast together and we were speaking about instruments. She she's very younger instead of me, and uh, when I was going going in the in, the, in, the, in my daughter's uh, apartment. I, I was uh, I passed near that girl apartment, and there was a DX7, and she plays, and she, so I, t- I told to myself, if a 25 years uh, m- London musician has a DX7, it's a top, it's okay. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. Um, there's been a lot of there's been a resurgence, especially uh, I mean at least in the United States of that kind of like 80s synth sound. So a lot of those are actually becoming more and more desirable nowadays, yeah. especially the analog okay. ones versus the, the digital. So. Okay. Now, uh, what bands or composers out there today are catching your eye? Is there anyone new making music or scoring films that we should be keeping an eye on that maybe we're not aware of? Uh, I, I can go back to, to what I told you before. Um, I listened to many things. Last year, I did an interview uh, for um, for a London newspaper, and they I don't remember the names of the young composer. Uh, they they gave him to me to listen to it and to say something. Uh, there was a um, a great, very very young composer, a lady, a, a girl. Um, everything was uh, very electronic, far from my point of view, but very very beautiful. I think. That's um, nowadays we are in a, in a um, we, we are in a in a pass time in a, in a in a tunnel, and I, I don't know what there will be the other side. For example, I I listen to and I I check I look at cortometraggi uh, um, short uh, short movies a lot because you know short movies are nowadays uh, the the gym of the new uh, directors, and and we, we can you can see be- very beautiful things around the world. Um, it's uh, quite rare to 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 listen to good soundtracks. I mean, many young composers work just with piano. Okay, it's uh, it's, it's marvelous, but um, what, what I think that. Um, um, we have, to, we have to find a, a, a new way, a new, a new street to, 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 to go on. So it's difficult to say. I, I, I still love uh, old or normal composers. Um, in Italy, for example, we don't have we we have some good composers, but not a real new generation. I think that uh, there is like a um, like a, um, a, um, a cut from what we uh, were born for and what they they are we, we were um, speaking uh, about uh, the the new technology new technology can help you so much but can be also a, a, a too easy street to to, to go to go on so um, i think um, 
We, we, I hope that in the next ten years we will see something very very new. And what about the uh, like the the actual classical stuff? Because I remember. Um, like when you know growing up i guess it was probably the early 90s i didn't think i would ever like classical music and then somebody turned me on to igor stravinsky and i realized there was this like amazing crazy yeah. almost it was almost like a horror <laughs> score it sort of was it was almost like a like a creepy <laughs> ballet that you know he made uh rights of spring for um are there Absolutely. any of those that you know kind of changed your life or were you into the classical composing stuff before you got into composing itself uh, I had uh, a, pre a very weird preparation because uh, I had to be uh, a lawyer, according to my father. <laughs> so uh, I had to study uh, aside, uh, like like in the ancient uh, centuries they did. I had uh, a maestro who came uh, every time, uh, every w once or a couple of times uh, a week, and uh, I started with classical guitar, then piano, then composing, and. Uh, um, I, I think that uh, yeah, Stravinsky, genius. Okay, mm -hmm. the, the the thing that was um, quite embarrassing me was that uh, when I w was growing, considering uh, uh, the sixties or seventies, there was a, a great uh, uh, quantity of, of new, um, you know, the the, the classical uh, strange music, the dodecaphony or, or something mm -hmm. like this, um, and I. Um, um, I have studied why that that, that thing has, has uh, become, uh, but I, I couldn't understand why uh, the, the the real classical uh, ideas, uh, for, for example. I, I, um, um, there was uh, I, also in that situation, uh, like a cut uh, from uh, um, uh, Debussy, Stravinsky, and so, and uh, our times. So you had to go. To, to some uh, concert um, situation and listen to uh, uh, ru uh, ru rumors, uh, bad uh, bad sounds, you know, just and I and I did not like that situation in Italy. Uh, they, they used to play just this. I loved Bach and uh, and the classical, the real classical one. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that now uh, also also in Europe. Uh, this kind of, of strange music is not no more uh, around, and they are and young composers are trying to find also in that situation a new new style. But but I think that uh, in in the in the scoring uh, movies, uh, the classical, you you must always keep it into yourself and music every now and then. And and going into uh, I mean what as far as what you're going to be doing next um, is there anything um, other than obviously this tour itself and you mentioned uh, you know working on that uh, Lovecraft uh, sort of radio play is there anything else we should be looking for from Fabio? Uh, let's say that uh, uh, um, the the beautiful of our job is that uh, um, every day can bring you some new ideas uh, some new projects I think I think that. Um, for, for a people like for a person like me who has, has uh, spent uh, mm, maybe 30 years of his life in studio then came out and uh, had the, the great emotion of uh, of the live uh, uh, playing and scoring and so I think that till my last day I will go uh, ahead with this kind of project I um, uh, for example, um, I, I told you maybe a, a new composer's cut. Um, I have maybe a, a couple of new movies. Uh, this idea of um, um, of um, radio, like radio drama, and so many many things. The, um, I, uh, I can tell you that it's as my if my life was uh, upside down when I was young. I was. Uh, very serious. Nowadays, I am uh, like a, a young guy. Let's say <laughs> that's great to hear. Um, and we really, uh, we really just want to say thanks again. Hopefully, uh, a lot of people turn out to the. I'm sure they will. The uh, the the Fabio de Fulci so, show that's coming up. And I uh, just want to say thank you once again, Fabio, for joining us. Thank you very much, and uh, the best for you. 
All right. Well, thank you, Fabio, very much for joining us this week. That was awesome. Uh, very cool. Very cool. And I'm uh, hoping to get down to that New York show. Um, I guess he's also playing in Schenectady afterwards. You should actually go to the website. Uh, you go to his Facebook or website, and you'll be able to find out plenty about where he's playing after that because uh, he's not just doing these shows. He's doing some other ones after right around the East Coast of the United States. And it is going to be a lot of fun. You get to see a movie one of the nights and uh, in, in New York, and then you get to see his just straight up play some cuts from other movies with his band on the other night. It's going to be awesome. It will. I actually hope to maybe make my way down there too, but we yeah. will see. Yeah, we uh, off offline, if you will, which I actually hate saying, but off off the interview, uh, we did chat with Fabio a little bit more, and he mentioned that uh, you know if, if you and I went down there, we'd get a chance to actually hang out and maybe grab a beer with him and, and chat about a few other things. So Yeah, that's sounds great. fun. Um, which is... Really awesome. I don't think we've really done that with any of our guests. We have been we did that with Ralph Puff Garman and uh, Kevin Smith. Oh, th- boy, that's true. Actually, they they came to town and we actually were able to get uh, to them and hang out with them. Uh, Kevin Smith has never been our guest. Uh, In fact, I was so flustered by meeting someone who I like adore that I was I literally had an opportunity to at any point give them our card and be like, let's talk, let's set up an interview. We were just we I were was like, just ah, star ah, starstruck. Ah, pictures like we got pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, I still had to sit on a couch with him. He would look stoned as fucked and just, he, he was just like talk to he was him. Just really nice and having a great yeah, time. And I, 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 but, but I would I would like to, to have the same opportunity with somebody like Fabio, who I have uh, admired for years and years and years as a horror fan myself and you of course uh What's horror? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of you scott What's well. horror? Um, and uh but also just a huge uh musician uh you know fan of music in general as you probably heard i geeked out a little bit on synthesizers there hopefully there's some other music and synth geeks out there who got as much out of that as i did i had a you had a great time interviewing you were touching was, through most of the interview i, 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 I was, noticed i was I, noticed. I was very i was very excited about it i i love interviewing uh we don't really interview a lot of musician folk because we're never sure how they're going to be on the recording because it's it's one thing when you rec- like interview, say, a writer of a TV show like uh, you know Ryan Ridley, which we had on very recently. Dan he was Harmon. on last week. Uh, yes, it, yes. If this was. is your first uh, time listening to our show, and you never know, this could be anyone's first episode. Uh, go back and listen. We've actually done three interviews in a row. In a this row, being the which, third. yeah. And, and and for those and, of you who listens, uh, yeah. Well, we we haven't started done it. it. We yeah. Uh, we we don't um, necessarily yeah. Tsunami bots. They were awesome on the show. Yeah, um, they're musicians. And, That's uh, a band name. That's not actually like their names. Like it wasn't Tsunami Bot One, Tsunami Bot Two. No, it was uh, it was uh, Tomador Sixty Four Blue and uh, and uh, no Master Circuit Yellow. Yes. Was, were the names yes. of their characters, yes. uh, as, as far as I, yes. I understand. And last anyway, week's interview was Ryan Ridley, who Ryan is Ridley. the uh, writer, producer, and voice actor on Rick and Morty, as well as a, a, a person who did work on Community and is doing work on the upcoming uh, Ghosted this fall in Fox. Yep. So uh, if this was your first episode, go back, check out our other interviews. Uh, and I, I yeah. will also say, um, if, there, if there are people listening who listen to us just to listen to our usual web droppings and stuff don't worry we'll be getting right back to those we just luckily next week we, we went so we we went so long without any interviews and then we got this awesome chance to interview a lot of great people in a row so we will be going back to our standard format for the uh, next week for the next few weeks at least except um, we're gonna change the format it won't be standard at all no, we're gonna we're start gonna, the show by insulting people and not welcoming them to the show or saying thank you that's what I did just now, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, great. All right. <laughs> yeah, this is the beta. Um, but we uh, we do have uh, uh, one last piece of housekeeping other than our shout-outs and stuff to take care of. We got our 100 five-star review a few weeks ago, but we haven't, we've been uh, doing these interview episodes and stuff and haven't had a chance to actually, or time to shout it out. So this is the one where we luckily had enough time after the interview to talk about this one. Uh, Um, May may I also point out that no one has left us any six-star reviews. So can we get on that, people? Can we get on that? Can we get on that? Can we, can we we start that? First, we need to petition Apple, which is easy to do. They listen to everything you want. They do everything you ask. You, if you ask them to do anything, you're like, I want a six-star review. They're like, fuck it, we'll do it. I'm the reason the headphone jack is gone on the new phones really yep i i asked like you know what podcast is over that little hole (laughs) podcast done (laughs) i flipped my chair on purpose folks (laughs) 
I wanted to make that very clear that I was angry that the head. Actually, I think ultimately I won't care that the headphone jack is uh, is done. I'm about I, to get I, my first new iPhone in three years, and but I did, uh, I'm dreading it. But I did. I did find. Well, they come with the uh, earbuds. If you listen to it on regular earbuds normally, um, and it comes with an adapter. It's not a yay huge an adapter. A little thing I can lose. No, no, no. They pay forty dollars to replace. Dude, the thing is though, I have luckily not. Fuck for, you, I have Apple. not lost it because I keep it plugged into the one pair of headphones I use it for. That is um, smart. You should probably super glue it in so you never lose it. Yeah. Just cover I, the I, connector I, with super glue. Coat it. Yeah, that. <laughs> so now you're out your headphones and that because you're now you're wondering but why it doesn't you'll work. Never lose it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so let's. Yeah, I say we move on to this five star review um, by uh, uh, which by. Uh, okay, first of all, it's Ari on Armani or Ari on Armani, not Arian Armani, by the way. Okay. And it's, uh, it Move, says... Moving past. And it says, fan-fucking-tastic, number that, that's 100. Good. That's number good. Number 100. Uh, do you want to read it? Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, I've been listening to the show for a few months now. Show it to all my coworkers who enjoy tastefully raunchy comedy. Tastefully. <laughs> Man, I just flipped my chair again. <laughs> I just flipped my fucking chair. Tastefully raunchy! Ah! Here, I'll start over since uh, since things are falling right and left here in the studio. Yeah, yeah no, that, that um, was uh, that was a, a response to my um, flipping of the chair. Apparently, I knocked something that I think was, that was a ukulele that fell over? It, I, lit, it's like a tiny guitar yeah. that shouldn't be, even be here. It's not even mine, but anyway. Uh, have been listening to the show for a few months now. Show it to all my coworkers who enjoy tastefully raunchy comedy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm giving you a moment. I'm no, giving, I already, I'm giving the world a I moment. Already, I already, I already smashed a guitar. I'm waiting for a bird to hit the window <laughs> or something next. Just like Satan to come out, like fuck right. you. It's very Vermontian to consider the pervert flamethrower as a good tool to start a campfire. Coming from a New Hampshireite, awesome references. Even when the show spins off in an unintended way, it's always great. Hashtag 100 views. Hashtag Fireball. Hashtag Fuck you. Um. I won't read the, uh, the. They left their Snapchat, which I, I actually added them on my Snapchat, but I don't. I don't feel like it's. I, I don't proper think we should shout, shout I'm, this out. I'm, I'm guessing we shouldn't do that now. But if you it's do, but it, but it is. But it is on iTunes. So if so you do want to know who this person and, uh, is, Snapchat this person. But I didn't want to assume they wanted it read out to everybody. And I'm sorry if you did want that. Um, I, I would actually like everyone who's listening to go to iTunes, find their Snapchat, add them. And just send them pictures of your unflushed deuces with yes, no yeah. context. Exactly. That yeah. and dead birds. Like if you're walking down the street and you just see one. Yeah. Or if you just want to kill one and take a picture of it. it I, I will personally mail a t-shirt to anyone who sends them a picture on Snapchat <laughs> of a dead bird in so, a toilet. It, which, which is great because I'm pretty sure at one point we were like, hey, whoever leaves our uh, us a 100th review will, uh, you know, we'll, we we'll probably. We promise too. Which we, we should still do. Do you know what it, it was? But it's, uh, we, we didn't say what it was. Was. We said something, so we, like we got T-shirts and stuff like that. And you, your friends, Let's with them autograph on. some T-shirts with big sharpies, so You're, they're practically ruined pieces of clothing because our autographs carry no I w- weight. I was actually thinking this: what you do, folks, is is the first person who sends that deuce to uh, this person on Snapchat or dead um, bird or you, dead you, bird in toilet or, or dead bird in toilet. Uh, you you have to send us a, a copy of that picture. We will actually, I will spend my own money to produce a T-shirt of that to send to this person as their gift. Oh my fucking god! That is that is podcast gold right that there. That would be great, and I would love it if that the could whole actually Snapchat happen. Screen all of it, like yeah. so it looks like the entire iPhone <laughs> just, screen, just, like right there. Yeah, just, that just the so rectangle and, of yeah. it. And I love it. Like this is our thanks to somebody for leaving us a 100th review, yeah. five star review. Thank yeah. you. So which which I do want to say thank you to. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, Ariana Armani, not Arian Armani. And I'm sorry that you're about to receive a lot of snaps <laughs> of deuces. But you've listened to the show. You knew and, what you were getting and, into. And deuce birds. You knew what you were getting into. And, uh, uh, please, yeah. can we also say that if you have like a parakeet or something at home and you, you don't like it, don't don't kill it to throw it in the toilet. No, we, let we it won't die accept of... a murdered bird as uh, you know, a snap. Yeah, no, exactly. And actually, for every snap we, we get, we are going to send out. We, we are going to send out a uh, forensic scientist to. Uh, check the bird's death and because make the, sure it wasn't of uh, of you know uh, bad causes. And because of the nature of Snapchat, uh, we won't be able to see these unless it's part of someone's story. We're not friends with a lot of our listeners on Snapchat. The only way you're going to be able to prove this is if you send us the photo. Like, yeah, like a, uh, where where should they like send us cap. that photo? Where do you um, think the easiest way? Well, I, I mean, well, if if you are part of our Lost at Home uh, fan group, you could probably direct post message there. us or something like that, or yeah. post it there. Um, you could also probably just send it to us like as a post on Twitter at the Lost at Home. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, you could also leave it on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the easiest ways. Yeah, you know exactly. What? I'll even accept email. Uh, you can send it to Lost at Home Podcast at Gmail dot com. Yep, and uh, and actually, uh, just, any of those is fine as long as you get it to us. Or let us know that it's coming, yep. uh, and we can share you some additional uh, details. Yep. So, so the, you will receive a Lost at Home shirt in the mail, and they will receive a personally made fr- by us yes. image of I that will, snap on this a shirt. Is, this is worth like 20 bucks, honestly, for, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And uh, speaking of 20 bucks, uh, if you go to Lost at Home podcast.com, our website, and click on the middle banner, which says Bambox, you can go to the Bambox.com. Uh, this month, they have a guaranteed autographed Star Wars item. Ooh, autographed by someone in the Star Wars you know, universe. Uh, guaranteed in every box. So if you use our offer code LAH10, you get LAH10, you get 10% off your order, and you support the show. Yeah, and uh, that'll help pay use that, for this shirt. And that'll help pay for crazy shit like this that we do. And if you're and, a Star uh, Wars fan, you get an auto- autographed item. Like, who knows which one it is? It could be Billy D. Williams. It could be Carrie Fit. Oh. No, it can't be. Let's end the show on that note. <laughs> Let's end the show. Uh, okay, uh, we are going to go out on the Beyond theme. Uh, it could be Jar Jar Binks. He's by, a real person. By Fabio Fritzi um, from the uh, from the movie The Beyond that he's going to be performing live with his uh, eight-man band in New York. So hopefully you go check that out or at least listen to it online. Uh, anywhere that it comes near, you should check Nisa it out. Nisa Autograph! Shut up. Get lost. Get lost. Get <laughs> lost.